1: What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. Text us 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. We got Jacob on the Wisconsin-Minnesota border, ready to talk a little Packers here with you this morning. Man, we got a bunch of stuff to cover, too. If we get to it, we're going to do a PFF mock draft on the backside of this pod. I'd like to do one this morning and one tonight as you guys know we've been doing these rapid mock drafts you know 15-20 minutes long but before we get into that we got several topics to uh to kind of cover obviously you got Radio Row going on right now with the Super Bowl um and uh, a lot of a lot of conversation going there I know we heard from Jordan Love we heard from Romeo Dobbs uh, we heard from Jordan Love on several podcasts including Micah Parsons podcast kind of cool so we'll hear from him but uh like I said, we got Jacob and Tim in the house as well. <clears throat> as the voice goes, I get emotional when these guys are around. Tim, how you doing this morning, buddy?
0: Good, man. Happy uh, belated birthday to Jair Alexander. There you go. I believe John. his birthday was yesterday, so happy birthday, Ja. Huh? Just here to tell uh, you, Pack is back.
1: Huh? <laughs> Tim hit the other I'm one so right weird. when I hit that. <laughs> Jacob, it's how right. you doing this morning, buddy? <laughs>
2: I'm good. Yeah, I was waiting for him to make the drop just a split second before that, and then I was like, "Oh, Tim must really be hurting this morning." And then all of a sudden, <laughs> double yeah, yeah. huh? Took it out. Yeah.
1: That's what he's feeling like this morning. We won't talk about it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Jacob, you, uh, you said you had had been reading through a couple of different things you found on on the web there, and uh, I know it, it as you were talking about it offline. It's kind of like, hold that. Let's talk about that on the pod. So, uh, kind of hit him on with uh, one of the articles that you uncovered earlier.
2: Yeah, we could either rapid fire through them or just kind of go through them and just do a brief context. It was seven moves the Packers must must make to reach the next year's Super Bowl. It's by Freddie Boston, by I think it's fan sided. I thought, like I said, it might just be kind of clickbaity, but it was just kind of interesting to read through the seven different things. And it it reminded me of basically our conversations that we've been having since the start of this offseason. We can just kick it off. Number seven was to keep Aaron Jones and Preston Smith basically they talk about how the Packers need to hit the reset button or they had to hit the reset button halfway through the season and that's obviously when we saw Aaron Jones just turn into that freak status especially on the back end of the season and we did notice that Aaron Dillon or AJ Dillon just wasn't quite you know the pop that we needed he was in circumstances I thought really really aggressive but it talks about how we need to definitely draft uh, you know a replacement at some point for Jones but Keeping Mm -hmm. Jones around, at least in the short term, is a must, especially just for the locker room if nothing else. But they also threw in Preston Smith. So I don't really know if I agree with the Preston Smith one, but I definitely agree with Jones. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I, I think I agree with both of them, just simply for the money that you could potentially free up if you decided to move on from them. And, and, you know, when you look at Preston Smith, I'll kind of pull up the contract. But it seems like as we covered that, Tim, if I remember correctly, we were cool with keeping both of them. Now, obviously, with Aaron Jones, it's got to be the right price. And, it, well, I say that, but you know what? If he's stuck at the $17 million, I don't think he will. I think he's going to rework that again like he did last year. But if he's stuck at the $17 million, he's more than worth it. You know, we kind of talked about it already. Uh, on the pod over and over and over. Uh, matter of fact, Jordan Love was actually bragging on him um, on the Micah Parsons podcast. Why don't we just go to that real quick, if that's cool, and then when we get back, Tim, we'll get your take on it. I know we talked about it a lot here uh, this early offseason so far, but here was Jordan Love on the Micah Parsons podcast, and look at how Micah Parsons was like dumbfounded talking about Aaron Jones and how well he passed protected in that playoff, uh, that playoff loss on the Cowboys side
3: man, why was Aaron following me all game like that, bro? Aaron
1: Jones? <laughs> yeah, I, I bro, did not we, expect that out of him. Bro, well, that's the thing. Our
3: game plan, like, we, we have specific play calls where it's like, all right, we chipping, we're going to get the tight end, the running back chipping, you. we got, you know, stud jet protection where we, we going after the stud, man. You, and But Jonesy in that game, bro, he did some phenomenal stuff. It was sometimes we was doing play action stuff where he just, he, he checking for, like, the nickel coming off the edge, and if he's not coming, he's supposed to get on his route. And my fault. And he would feel you beat one of our our old linemen, and he would just bro, instinct I, just just go to chip you and, and help in bro, protection. I, it was unbelievable. Like it was cr- on most of those inside rushes, I was like, no way, he's supposed to be there. Like, bro, he was not. He, and that's just that's just the player he is, where he's at in, in the league, man. To 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 know how good of a rusher you are, and just be able to pick you up and, and help. You know, give me some time back there because nah, there I, was a couple of them. If he wouldn't have did that, I don't know, bro. That, like, <laughs> I, I don't like, know. Like, like, I'm coming up to sideline like yo, like what, like what is going on, like. That was tough, like, I, I, I'm not even gonna lie, I saw him yesterday, I was like, bro, I, I was like, I don't know if he was supposed to do that, like, he was just doing that, like. He freestyling out there and, and picking up and doing some great things, and he, he Jones, he not the biggest dude, bro. Nah. Not. Not but he got a lot of
1: heart, bro. Nah, he bro, did. He, he got a lot of heart right there. He
3: did, I, I, was, I was like, that was tough, that was, that was,
1: that was, that was tough. So there you go, obviously, Micah Parsons. like, what are y'all doing having him follow me around all game, man? That is a little pest. Bro, we, we showed a couple, couple of shots. Yeah, where he smacked him in the chest, and it was like – and immediately, as soon as the adrenaline wore off from the play, you see Micah kind of hunker down like, damn. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we all agree here. You want Jonesy back, um, obviously. You know, you like to get him for the right price, but at the same time, he, he proved to be so valuable that, man, you – you know, why not keep him, right? Now, when we look at the running back PFF grades, this is what's wild. Um, Aaron Jones having a down year, obviously. Most of the year he was grading out in the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. Finished the year 15th in the league at 80.9, okay, with a rushing grade of 85.7. His pass block grade, I think that it, uh, it's actually off screen. He doesn't have the pass block grade. But, yeah, his overall grade, though, 80.9. As a running back, it's more than worth the money, especially when you throw in, you know, what he can do when he's healthy in the passing game. Pass protection's huge. It's something us fans, especially in the fantasy football era, don't really take into consideration much. But, Tim, you're still on board with keeping Jonesy, right? I'm trying not yep. to worry, but I think Absolutely. I know.
0: <laughs> I mean, you talk about it like pass pro, right? I mean, how many top, you know, tier running backs are willing to do that? Most of them okay. want to run out to the flat and catch that swing pass, or they want to. You know, be involved in play action. They don't they don't wanna do the dirty work. And you got Jones out there looking looking for the dirty work. So um you know, and another thing is it's a great example of it it doesn't always matter how you start, it's how you finish. And and Jones finished the season on a high note and um yeah, I don't to me there's no there's no argument at all. You you gotta keep this guy around. And um I'm sure they'll figure out the numbers like they yeah. all do. I you know, I'd like to see
1: Jones come back for sure. Definitely. And Jake, if you mentioned Preston Smith as well, I just pulled his contract. According to SPOTRAC, his cap hit this year is 16.5 million. His day cap is 13.9. So if you just go ahead and round it up to 14, you're basically looking at um, if you were to cut him, you could free up two and a half million is all you would free up. And again, when we looked at him, I want to say he graded out over 70 on PFF. So he was very, very solid. So I'm in the camp of just to save two and a half million, I would rather have Preston Smith there, especially since you do that heavy edge rotation. Even if you're in a 4.3, you're probably going to see that same type of rotation or similar rotation. So uh, yeah, on to the next part of that article, oh man.
2: Yep. So then this is a perfect segue because it's talking about whether or not we'd want to replace Devondre Campbell. And it says moving on from Campbell would only create 2.6 million in cap space this year. But the greater impact comes down the line as it would remove around 25 million of upcoming cap hits in the future years. And I yep. think that beyond just the money and on paper, We've talked about what we saw. You can blame it on injury. You can blame it on a number of things, him having to play hurt. Uh, but I just didn't see the the urgency. I, I saw him playing flat footed. Um, I hate to say that because I personally love the guy, uh, but I just think it's time either through the draft or, you know, letting guys like McDuffie and Quay just starting to eat. Uh, but I do think it is time to move on. Bring on. Uh, what's my guy, Bobby Wagner.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, That's the thing. Like if you can if you can replace them and and if we have time, we're going to do a quick mock draft and we'll see how PFF lines up. But uh, what we have as far as needs this offseason is, in my opinion, we need a starting linebacker. We need one. Well, honestly, you probably need I don't want to say you need two. Here's how I base my whole roster. Nickel. You're in nickel the large majority of the time. So, what positions are on the field the majority of the time is what you should build your base roster around, meaning that's where you should spend the biggest chunk of your money. So, if we're in nickel, which we just came out of a 245, which will now turn into a 425, right? Which is essentially the well, I can't even say that those edge defenders will still stand up from time to time. We've seen it at BC. You see the Jets do it occasionally. You see San Francisco do it occasionally. So, anyway. When you look at the nickel, where's your money tied up? We talk about Preston Smith on the edge, Rashawn Gary on the edge. You're set there, right? Interior defensive lineman, you got Kenny Clark, and I guess you got Devontae Wyatt. Now, Devontae Wyatt doesn't play the run very well, but a great pass rush, right? So that's why I was looking at you probably need someone to be to mold in place of Kenny Clark moving forward, right? But then again, I know a lot of people disagree with that, and that's totally cool. When you move to the linebacker position in that nickel, you've only got two stand-up backers, right? So who are those stand-up backers right now? Quay, who I think we would all agree is underperformed, at least by PFF standards and, and you know other metrics. You've got Quay as your starter. Devondre is your other starter. If Devondre is going to play at the level he played at last year, I feel like you need a starting backer right there. I think it's important, right? Um, now, safety is another big need. So – the way I look at the Devondre Campbell thing is you got to weigh the pros and cons. Like you said, you you free up a lot of money down the road, absolutely. But right now you're only freeing up 2.6 million. Does anyone think that we would have any problem if we keep Devondre Campbell on this roster? Does anyone think we'd have any problem getting any player we want next year under the cap? Cuz I don't. I don't. I just don't see it. Right? Like you can do whatever you want to do with the cap if you're ahead of it far enough from a date-sensitive standpoint, right? We've seen it over and over and over. Watch the Saints. They're they're about to work magic again. They're $80 over the cap. And come week one, they will have signed three big-name free agents. Now, whether they suck or not, that's the player evaluation aspect, right? That's what cracks me up people. Well, that's why they suck. It's not why they suck. They suck because they keep overpaying for players that aren't good. They're overpaying for good, overpaying for good. And you never overpay for good. You only overpay for great, right? So, anyway, linebacker. I can see that being a spot that you need to upgrade, especially since you're going to the 4-3 base. Now you're going to you're gonna have that third backer out there as opposed to that third big defensive lineman. So that's how, I, as we get closer to the draft, the reason I mentioned all that, I'm pushing defensive line to the back a little bit, even though it's a tier one position of importance. But if the right situation, you know, falls at hand, and you got, Goody's got a guy that's at the top of his board that's an interior defensive lineman, you take him. So, yeah, when it comes to backer, for that 2.6 or 2.5, whatever it is, I, I kind of feel like I would rather have that depth there, seeing that you got to march three linebackers out there. And it all depends on how healthy is Devondre Campbell, right? If they if they look up and go, all right, he's ready to roll. Here's the other thing though, Tim, he's like 31, 32 years old now. Like he's getting he's getting up there. Kind of sneaks up on you when you think about the contract extension they signed him to. But uh.
0: Yeah, no, it does. And you know, I look, I love Bobby Wagner too. Um, but I just you know, getting rid of Dre and then bringing Bobby Wagner in, I feel like, you know, we'll probably see a little uptick um, in performance. But so you
2: guys have turned on me. See,
0: in the last kind few of the of same, kind of the same thing. I've always been. I I know your position, Jacob. You're you're not ashamed to say it's time to move on from Dre. I'm I'm more in the long along the lines of yeah, let's look to the draft, but let's keep let's keep the bond right. We're only saving two million. Um, and I don't know what Bobby Wagner's looking at contract wise. Um, can't four, be much. four
1: million, four million, four million for four a year market
0: value, yeah. Right. So, okay. So you know you're going to have Bobby Wagner for a year, and that's that'll be the end of that. Um, and one could argue we don't we, we could be year to year with Devondre here too, as he's you know getting into the later stages of his career. Um, so I don't know. I'd like to see a scenario where both of those guys are on see, the That's team.
1: that's where <laughs> I was getting ready to go because like you're Gosh. only shaving off two and a half million, right? And that really that covers more than half. Of the cost of Wagner's fair market value, right? But for me, I look at it and go, Man, I'd like to have them both. You could you, tell can you I've that money. At Coach
0: Campanelli and saying, Hey, yeah. who do you want?
1: <laughs> now, here's the thing we, we said we needed a starter and a backup. And the reason being is you're switching to a 4 3, you're reducing the amount of big bodies that you need in the middle, right? So you need an, an extra backer. Essentially, what you would look at, at building your roster is two right outside linebackers or what they refer to as wheelbackers most of the time, two Sams, which are, you know, left outside linebackers from the defense's perspective. It's going to be really confusing. And then I like to see them carry three inside linebackers, okay, because those inside linebackers, typically your third inside linebacker is kind of like your swing tackle. He can play either position, just kind of plug and play him. It's not ideal, but in a pinch, an injury. So you need that many linebackers on your roster, where in the past we've only carried like four or maybe five. You probably need to carry six or even seven right now. Because it being a four three. Now, I think this could switch into a four three. Could help special teams because you're carrying one or two extra linebackers as opposed to one or two extra big boy defensive linemen. So that's something that kind of spills over, which is I think pretty good news. So, um, my my opinion is, go get Bobby Rag- Wagner for four million if you're if you're thinking about cutting Dre right to free up that two and a half million. Here's the other option nobody's talking about: go to him and say, hey, here's our options. We need to get that cap hit down. Right. Let's convert some of that that money over. And what we came up with with Devondre Campbell is clearable cap. you got 10 million. So we said, why don't we try to free up five million? So if you go to him and say, hey, look, why don't are you willing to take a two and a half million dollar pay cut? If you are, then we'll sign you a three million dollar signing bonus check right now that you didn't have before. Here's a three million dollar check. You get to stay in Green Bay. You don't have to take those kids and uproot them and put them in another school system. Take your wife to another place like you can stay right here. I think that's probably the smarter move. You do that. If you do that, you free up more than enough to sign someone like Bobby Wagner. Now you've got potential for your starting linebackers before the draft. Before the draft. And, again, I said we needed a starting linebacker and a backup linebacker. Bobby Wagner could be your starting linebacker. And then you go out and draft someone in the third or fourth round. Let's say somehow, some way, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. or someone like that does fall to the third or fourth round. You've got a linebacker for the future. And imagine your defense. Let's say Devondre is healthy and he comes out and he grades out in the low seventies, which before he was grading out in the eighties. He was unbelievable when he was healthy, right? Now you've got Quay Walker at Mike, or yeah, I, well, I would actually probably put Bobby Wagner at Mike. Although yeah. Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner's been strength, big strength has been coverage. To be honest with you, so that kind of lends towards line him up on the strong side over the tight end, kind of taking chipping that, that tight end out of the, out of the, the equation. So regardless, however you line them up, you're going to have Quay Walker, Bobby Wagner, and Devondre Campbell. And then if by the time you get through camp, you say, yeah, Dre's lost the step. He doesn't have it. Slide him into the backup row and you let McDuffie and the rookie linebacker compete for that third spot. Now you've got veteran leadership at in depth right there. If he's cool with that, some, some players, and it's not a knock on them. Some players, they can't handle that. They're al- these guys are alphas. All of them are alphas on the field, right? They can't handle that. You're a backup now, Row, and, and you know I'm, it's not, I'm not here dogging them over that. That's that's what makes them great too. That mentality of not being willing to accept. Hey, I'm going to be the backup. So I like to see them get them both. So Jacob, you said you guys have <laughs> you guys have changed on me. Tim has always been pro pro Dre. Yeah, I forgot that. I forgot. I'm pro Dre if he's healthy but I, my stance is let's go out and get them both. Let's go yeah. keep That's them both. Kind of trying to act
2: like I forgot about Dre, right?
1: Exactly, Dre. <laughs> we, oh, we need that. We'll get burned down for that one. My gosh. Right. I tell so, you, so, though,
0: I think we need to – we got to stop lying to ourselves here and realize that you know, 80% or 90% health is probably as, probably as much as we can expect for a guy like Devon at this point in his career and – you know, being willing to go out there and play a little banged up like he did last year, um, you know, express some frustration with us fans while he was gotcha. dealing with that. You know, you you got to you got to have that in mind. You know, I don't think there's going to be a scenario where Dre's just just 100 percent and he's back like he's 25 years old again. I don't I don't see that happening. But, you know, you are getting veteran leadership and you are getting a guy that's, you know, Proven, proven at the position. So if you're trying to build for the future, maybe keeping him around is a good, good thing. But I mean, we can't lie to ourselves and think that he'll be, you know, 100 percent throughout the year. I just I don't see it happening.
1: Yeah, definitely. Jacob, what else you got in that article, man? Was there was there anything else or? No, I mean, we could just breeze through it real quick. Um, uh, yeah, keep going. man. I, I think this is awesome. Bringing these topics. Yeah, right? yeah, we can. This one will be a little bit
2: quicker. It's number five is draft running back. We kind of got into it. Um, it talks about the Packers should draft at least one running back. It achieves two things. In the short term, Green Bay needs a complementary running back for Jones. It was noticeable the lack of efficiency on the ground when Jones didn't play. We talked about that. Dylan averaged 3.4. Jones was 4.6. And in the long term, you know, even if we do get Jones on some sort of extended contract, it, I just don't know what to think about A.J. Dillon. Um, I like Emmanuel Wilson.
1: And I was going to point out here if you, if you look here. I don't mean to cut you off, but since you mentioned, yeah. I think I think he's on this list. Any Emmanuel Wilson, yeah. So it's minimal snaps. I think there was only 121 snaps, if I remember correctly. My, it might not even been that much, to be honest with you, but nonetheless, Emmanuel Wilson, 80.0 PFF grade. So go ahead, Jake. Sorry.
2: Yeah, 17th overall. So that was um, one of those things where, but and I guess more, I'm more interested in your guys's, uh your take on where we should draft this running back. Because I just don't see a lot of
1: top end, you know, talent in this draft. Um, I, I think it could go a multiple, a multitude of angles. I guess you could say, first of all, good morning, PTA and Clayton. Love is the answer. Yes, it is. Mace, appreciate you. Mace Taggart with the super chat, buddy. You're awesome. Thank it's a great you so
2: much. See, a, like a newscaster. Mace
1: he, Taggart. He's actually got a YouTube channel. You, sh- you guys should go check it out. Make sure you subscribe to it, man. Help him out. Um, Mace Taggart experience. It's, it's, it's really good stuff, man. So make sure you guys go over and uh, support him. I know he supports us all the time, too. We appreciate you, Mace. Um, so, uh, yeah, as far as where you might potentially draft a running back, you know, you, you got two options, really. Right, Tim? We've ran through these mock drafts, and, and it's like, okay, you can get the best running back in the draft around the third round, most likely. Right. And that's whether it's Jonathan Brooks and you want to wait until the ACL is healthy or if you want to go another route. Some people think it's Trey Benson. Some people think it's Blake Corum. I think it's more Blake Corum, but it's still early in the draft board process.
0: A lot of Packer fans think it's Braylon Allen. <laughs> why is that? I don't like that. I, I can. I have my suspicions why that is.
1: <laughs> so, it, it you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, you can go out and get the best running back in the draft in the third round or you can wait
4: And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks.
1: If you look at precedent and what the Packers have done in the past, whether it was Goody or it was, you know, Ted Thompson or whoever, um, they tend to like to weight. I mean, look where we got Aaron Jones. Wasn't he in the fifth round? Am I thinking right? 100%. So, yeah. I could see them doing something like that and, and having someone who is, you know, top of their board around the fourth, fifth, or sixth round. That's probably the safer bet to go. And I think you could potentially land a backup running back that, like you said, Jake, if you can kind of mold into – your starter if Emmanuel Wilson doesn't pop this year and you decide not to keep him on. Cause there's a chance Emmanuel Wilson takes a step, stays healthy and continues with these PFF grades. Like he, like you see right here, if that happens, you might see a little mini extension for him, like a three year deal, you know, two, 3 million per with some guaranteed money. Right. So uh, that's, that's quite possible too. The, the thing that you got going for you here is you're going to have a running back need sooner rather than later. And the market is way down. So you should be able to, Whichever way you go, you should be able to get a pretty good deal on them, if that makes sense. So, um, what was it? Was there another part of that too you just said, or was it just the the whole do we need to draft a running back or not?
2: It was, you know, do we need to draft and where? We kind of, we just basically touched on it. So that's okay. Um, We can move on to number four, which is add a run stuffing defensive tackle.
1: That's what I was just talking about. about.
2: It talks about how, all around the theme of the running the ball, Jeff Halfley's top priorities to improve Green Bay's struggling rush defense, the unit ranked 28th and 26th against the run in the past two seasons. And then it goes on to talk about how there's some potential targets. My favorite, Texas's Devondre Sweat. I just keep having dreams about seeing this guy. And just, I don't know why, as a kid, you you watch Gilbert Brown just eating men alive for those few seasons we had him playing at that high level. And I remember watching the Williams wall uh, being right here on the border. I remember Pat and Kevin Williams. So I just longed for the days of just seeing a giant mammoth beast of a man just throwing people around. So that's what I was.
0: That's what she said.
2: <laughs> I walked right into
1: that. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, so here's. I got my cheat sheet out here. We broke down the defensive linemen, and we really went top-heavy. We tried to focus on all these key positions around the first and second round and go, okay, who are the best in these clusters of the top tier of talent, right? So, essentially what you've got, we came up with four names, Jacob, okay? And I'm going to rank them from best to worst, in my opinion, okay? Chris Jenkins is first. Jerzan Newton is second. Tavondre Sweat is third and Byron Murphy is fourth. Now they said something in an article really really specific. They said a run stuffing defensive tackle, right? So when we broke down, we broke down pass rush, has they ranked in pass rush, it was Jerzan Newton first, Chris Jenkins second, Byron Murphy third, Tavondre Sweat was actually fourth. Okay? So he's the worst of those four pass rushers, but he was the best run defender. So when you look at it there and there some mocks have him, have him fallen as the fourth defensive lineman on that list coming off the board if that's the case that might fall right into the packers lap he's a big man i know that but here you see broken tackle plus missed tackle percentage according to sis so i sorted it backwards where the most broken tackles basically from top to bottom that's the most broken tackles and i made sure all four of those defensive linemen made the cut with different you know qualifications so they would get on the list together we can compare them kind of in a you know in a small box here But look at the best one, Tavondre Sweat, 6.4% broken tackle plus missed tackle percentage. That basically means someone got in his area where they deemed it he should have tackled him. He only missed that opportunity 6.4% of the time. To put that into perspective, if you go up to Chris Jenkins, who I've got graded out as the best defensive lineman, in my opinion, as it sits right now, his was 14.6%, so it shows you just how much better Tavondre Sweat is against the run as opposed to Chris Jenkins because Chris Jenkins' his pass rushing ability was much better. Again, Jerzan Newton was the best pass rusher for sure, but thought that was kind of cool there. So Tavondre Sweat, if he somehow falls into the second or even the third round, I don't know if it'll happen because you can't coach size, and that dude is a mammoth. Like It's just amazing how big. That was like 6'4", 330 or something. It was something crazy. When I was 360. It was something nuts, man. Um, but, yeah, so, Tim, what are you thinking there, man? Um, you think there's any uh, – when do you think we'll take a defensive lineman? Because on our needs, I have us needing a starter and a backup, but that was before we switched to a 4-3. So, I honestly would probably cross that out and just say a starter. You're looking to try to find that, that, that stud tier one position, you know what I mean, defensive lineman on the interior. That, that three – a three tech can play a five, but also knows is ideal. That kind of feels like Tavondra's Sweat. I'm thinking somewhere in those first three rounds.
0: I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say we'll use the the 25th pick on one, but it's possible. Um, but I do see that as um, somewhat of a priority. I don't know how uh, Goody's horizontal board is set up, um, but I would think it would be relatively early. Um I don't know. What are what are your thoughts on that? I, I'm pretty sure we're gonna draft one of these guys. Um, it's just a question of which pick.
1: Yeah, when we look at the when we look at the NFL mock draft database and their consensus big board, this is what they've got listed out right now. The top defensive lineman is Jerzan Newton out of Illinois. They've got him going number 23 to the Texans. Number two is Byron Murphy. They've got him going what, four spots higher in Seattle at number 16. Tavondre Sweat, they've got him going to, uh, uh let's see, the Saints at number 45. So that's going to be before the Packers pick. they got Chris Jenkins going number 44. So you are basically got a couple that are going to go before we pick at 25. And if you're going to take Tavondre Sweat or Chris Jenkins, you're going to have to reach just a touch from that – uh that number 25 pick, if you want to grab one of those guys. Actually, they've got Leonard Taylor at 43 as well. So they got a small cluster of guys there. I, I hate to be the one to say it, guys, but this honestly feels like trade back. Trade yeah, you're back. gonna kill me, but I think I think there's a good chance, of good reasonable chance that the Packers <laughs> trade back. Um, it just depends on how the board falls. And with that being said, as silly as it sounds. It depends on what Goody's board looks like. It doesn't matter what my board looks like, PFs, Consensus Big Board, Jake's, anybody's. What is Goody's board like? Because I'll tell you this every year we we look up and go, damn, didn't see that one. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. Jake Shavink in the house said Devondre Sweat's measurements at the combine will be interesting. Yeah, because it's kind of like, you know, everybody's seen the Bigfoot, right? Everybody's seen the Sasquatch, but nobody got a, a any film of it. It's blurry. It's you can't you can't get a still image of it, right? They're gonna they're gonna pick him apart at the combine and Jake. I want to ask you if you guys will kind of keep an eye on Jake's answer, if you will, Tim. Um, Jake, I want to ask you, are you concerned at all about Tavondre sweat maybe not staying in football shape? Is that a concern at all? Because that's that's a whole lot of whole lot of football player. What were you gonna say, Jake? You gonna say something? Oh,
2: Mitch Hedberg, the best joke I love about he's there. I just think that Bigfoot is blurry. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so true, man. So true. God, I love it. I know people on the pod that's never watched a YouTube channel, they're going, Why do I keep hearing that random, stupid music? What is that music? So, you guys should swing through sometime. And also, if you watch on here, you should, uh, and you find yourself on the go, you should scan that QR code in the upper right. That'll send you to Packernet Podcast, where you can find the Packernet Podcast. You can find uh, the uh, Packernet After Dark podcast where you as the fans can call and leave a voicemail to Ryan Slip, the founder of Packernet Podcast, and he will respond to your voicemails. You can also find Jake Shavinks' It's Always Draft Season podcast in there, and you can find this silly little show there too, which uh, nobody really cares about, but that's all right. So
0: um,
1: anything else in that article? And Tim, did you got anything to add to that defensive lineman talk? Jacob, anything else on that?
2: No, I'm good. We can keep rolling. Jacob?
1: Anything right. else, Jacob?
2: Number three was use free agency. It talks about that. uh, Gutekunst did say that I do feel whatever opportunities are out there to improve our team in free agency. We'll be able to do that. Um, So I don't know. It says a few veteran pieces along with another solid draft class can really help transform this roster into the next super uh, talent. And it it says the Packers rarely spend big, but they don't need to. They'll have options to address certain positions of need. And they say safety, cornerback and linebacker. So we've, we've kind of covered that quite a bit, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. And isn't it funny that Goody says anything we want to do out there, we think we can pretty much do it. But you still got the doom and gloomers that are going, we've only got six million dollars. We can't do anything. It's like, calm down. Trust me. This magic's going to go poof and it's going to be there. Right. The, the money is just going to magically pop up in your account. Um, so Jake Shavink in the chat says, I think it's a fair question. I think it's fair to question Sweat's conditioning. I know Texas rotated four defensive linemen a lot, so his snaps were pretty low in 2023. That's the other thing that stood out to me when we looked at he and Byron Murphy. You know, they both played for Texas, if I remember correctly, it was Byron Murphy. Both of their snap counts were kind of low, and it makes you think, is it because they were playing fresh that their numbers were so high that they had so much production? That could be the case. Um, That's something that definitely comes into play. So uh, that's the thing about Tavondre Sweat. When you think, could you take him in the first round? What are we questioning? We're going, okay, well, he, he will make a hell of a nose tackle, but we're going to a 4-3. You still need a nose and a 4-3, but it's not as important as the 34 jam, right, where you're kind of controlling those two gaps. So that's kind of a, eh. And then you talk about the conditioning, the potential conditioning, eh. low snap count, Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like you find yourself with more question marks than you have positive marks that to me is going to drive him down just a touch. But uh, again, we we talk about it every year. The good, the really good teams typically will continue just taking swings at defensive linemen because you went up front, right? So uh, thanks for uh, commenting on that, Jake. Now you talked about free agency. Here are the free agents we were most interested in. We did a couple of episodes where we walked through free agency and said, all right, which one of these guys do we like? We have Bobby Wagner at linebacker. His projected uh, market value is $4 million. By the way, for those who roll their eyes at the projected market value, SpoTrack has been freaking spot on with them. If anything, they overshoot just a touch, and some of these guys come in a little under. Some will go over, but the majority of them will fall right under. But I was really – I was kind of – I say that not being like – not trying to be negative or a smart alec. Last year, I was kind of rolling my eyes going, yeah, I bet he'll – and at the end of it, I was going, holy cow, they nailed it. So they're pretty spot on with this, okay? Bobby Wagner, $4 million per – Geno Stone, safety from Baltimore, six and a half million per. Um, safety Alohi Gilman from the LA Chargers, two point seven per. By the way, his former DC is now our D backs coach. Keep that in mind. All right. Um, Darnell Savage at five million. We said, you know what? At five, it might be worth it. He finished strong. He finished at a seventy-five. We've seen his best year came when he was in the Mike pettin system. Th- I believe that ha- uh, that Halfley system will be closer to Pettins. Than Barry's, me personally, but I could be wrong there. And we're all kind of guessing because Halfley hasn't, Halfley has never called plays in the NFL, right? Um, so we got to kind of, you know, when he refers to his NFL friends, he's talking about Robert Sala, who was in San Fran and then went on to obviously uh, coach the Jets. So you can kind of look at Sala and what San Fran does. The New York Jets and the San Francisco 49ers, in my opinion, are the closest thing we'll probably have to. What Halfley may or may not run, right? Like that's that's going to be the information that's that's probably the most important information in my opinion. But when uh, we had Center Connor Williams, which of course ACL, not going to be ready to way later in the season, he was sitting at six million. I think we crossed him off the list, but he was one that got mentioned. And then Guard Greg Von Roten at two point seven million. Those were the free agents that we kind of had our eye on. So we'll uh, we'll see if we hit on any of those. Which is kind of cool to see PFF come out. A couple of those guys too, as potential landing spots for the Packers. So, um, yeah, um, what what are you thinking as far as uh, as far as free agency though, uh, Jacob? Kind of as you comb through that. And do you have anything else in the article? If you do, just go on to the next topic. But anything yeah. else? Yeah,
2: uh, just real quick. I more and more like the concept of Geno Stone. Uh, I think it'd be a good fit. Cheap. It's good for. Um, I think just bolstering the roster. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking. Obviously, Bobby Wagner. Uh, but then number two, continue to build the offensive line. And it just talks about how Gutekunst is basically drafted – not basically, he's drafted uh, offensive lineman in all but one of his drafts. So I think it's going to be uh, good odds that even if we were had five out of five starting you know positions locked up and ready to go, that he's a guy that likes to build the depth in the draft. So I look for him to at least draft two, if not three, offensive linemen, mainly interior, but you never know if a nice tackle – Nice. If a if a good tackle or a tackle that they see a lot of um, possibilities in falls to us, I'm sure that you'll take a dart throw or two. What do you think, Tim?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, talking, you're talking offensive line, is that right, Jacob?
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, we identified at least three we needed, right? Where we'd like to take three. Um a
1: starter and two backups.
0: Yeah. And then maybe preferably someone that's, you know, a little versatile maybe a swing tackle or, you know, someone who can play, you know, Zach Toms don't grow on trees. Don't get me wrong. Um, But that's certainly, you know, there are a few holes on that, that O-line. Again, though, that played well down the stretch. Um, You know, uh, I I certainly think, um, you know, I think about center, you know, are we staying with the, with the Josh Myers effect here going forward or, do you think they, you know, we talked about interior all line. One position we have not really talked about is center.
1: I love it. Tim, Tim out here asking the tough questions. Cause uh it again, just like our draft board, it doesn't matter what we think. Um, the Packers have been pretty vocal, how they feel about uh about Josh Myers. I don't think he's going anywhere. I would yeah. not be surprised if they extend him, to be honest with you. So uh and everyone's yeah. going. Who exactly (laughs) um you know it's just such an important position that's the this is the time of year where i have the boring response of man i i gotta defer to goody here like goody knows way more about this than me obviously you don't need me even to, to even say that but um it's just you look up and the numbers are so bad a good chunk of the season it's like how many years are we gonna do this well you Know, I know what Goody's thinking every time I go, it's time to move on from him or it's time to move on from Savage. I'm not going to, so quit asking every <laughs> single time. Every single time. So, um, let me do this real quick. I know, read that, read that chat on the screen there, Jacob.
2: Bless well, is Jacob wants the return of the Gilbert burger, and yeah, I do. Uh, I do want that.
1: <laughs> Look at this right here. You kidding me? Girl. Who doesn't want that burger? Look at that thing. That's good. good. Lord. I don't think that was the one at Burger King though, was it? No. That looks like some local there. But look at look at that burger. I want that one though, man. We have one of these. There's a place in town. Actually, I think it might have got shut down. It was called uh it's called Mid City Grill. And you walk in that place and your feet would stick to the floor, bro. From the oh. grease just everywhere. Oh man. <laughs> You could feel your arteries going, you know what I mean? Just kind of. But they had a burger like that it was it was that size and it was I think it was eight patties they put eight normal size patties on it bro yeah we slammed that one night I was hurting I was in the parking lot dry heaving it was it was rough <laughs> anyway sometimes you just gotta have that grease man you gotta go and get that grease clean the system out if you know what I mean but uh, anything else in the
2: article Jacob uh, number one is rebuild the secondary around Jair Alexander and then it goes on to say obviously Jair isn't going anywhere Gudikins made that clear. Uh, we've got young guys, obviously, with bow and Val. Bow. The safety position is, we've talked about how you could need possibly four. I mean, depending on what happens in, in the cornerback room and at least a two, three. Um, so mm-hmm. that that's definitely the spot where I am most the giant question mark. Other than, and I will add one to this, would be got to figure out something or at least a, a challenge at kicker. But we can get into that later. Uh, but I definitely agree with rebuilding that secondary around Mr. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Huh? Took it down. Every Everybody, not everybody, I shouldn't say that. Many people think that Carrington Valentine is just his stud. Guys, I'm a Kentucky fan. I want it to be true, too. But I'm still waiting for someone to show me why you think he's a stud. His passer rating when targeted wasn't great. His PFF grade wasn't great. You turn on the tape. You've seen him recover on a couple plays where he really got burnt and bit on double moves. Like, I, I think the fact that he played so much – and being a 7th round pick is huge. I think he's a solid a solid number 4, possibly number 3 corner that doesn't necessarily make him a slot corner and that eliminates him from the starting role if you will, right? So, you know, I think corner, I've got four listed, two starters and two backups. And what I mean by two starters is you need a nickel starting uh cornerback now, some people were going to resign Keyshawn Nixon. I agree, resign Keyshawn Nixon, but he still didn't grade out to the level where you would think he is "quote unquote" starting caliber in that nickel spot, right? He had some flashes. I want him back for his returnability, no, no doubt about it, right? And then you've got a backup slot corner who's had playing experience, but I would much rather see him go in and try to get someone. That's what make kind of leads me to thinking, like, okay, if you're if you're going to play, people are convinced we're just going to play man coverage and that's all we're going to play. That's you know, like I pointed out over and over and over. Last season, the Falcons ran more man coverage than anyone else in the league, and they only ran it forty percent of the time. So you're going to be in zone, you know, at least sixty percent of the time, probably closer to sixty-five or seventy percent of the time. Okay, with how the percentages lay out, the Packers only ran what was it twenty-three percent man coverage last year, I believe it was. So you'll probably get somewhere between thirty and thirty-five percent in this first year transitioning into the Jeff Hafley system. I would be really, really surprised if they go straight to the top of the league, seeing that Robert Sala doesn't do that and uh and neither does the 49ers. Like, I think I've actually got the Jets defense. At least I did have it in here. I may have already dropped it down. I wanted to hit on that real quick. Um, I do not have it in here anymore. I was gonna pull up their numbers and what percentage they ran, but it was nowhere near that 40% that Atlanta ran as far as man cover. So with that being said, if you try to go get a slot corner, that to me, that's even more of a reason to take two safeties because in a pinch, who knows, maybe maybe someone like Tyler Newman or or even like a Cam Kitchens can kind of slide down in there and play a little bit of that that slot corner role, right? Um, I, You know, I don't think it's ideal if you're going to play a lot of man coverage. But again, I'm not convinced we're just going to come out of the gates and run more man coverage than anyone else in the league. College football is totally different than pro football. So uh, with that being said, the corners that we had listed in the draft, Number one, Quinion Mitchell. Number two, Kool-Aid McEntry. Number three, Cooper DeGene. Number four, Nate Wiggins. Number five, Terry and Arnold is how we had those lined up. We looked at PFF grades. We looked at passer, passer rating when targeted, all that stuff. Quinion Mitchell, passer rating when targeted, check it off the box. PFF grade, check it off the box for the last two years. Senior bowl, went down or absolutely played out of his mind, check it off the box. When we talk about Tabondre Sweat, going question mark, question mark, question mark, probably going to sink a little bit. With Quinone Mitchell, it's check mark, check mark, check mark. This dude's going through the roof, right? So um that's why it's important to get your draft boards created before the combine, because what's going to happen? The combine's going to occur, and you're going to have people like Puka Nakua who are going to last till the third, fourth, or fifth round, and they're going to come out and lock the league up and go, no one's seen this coming. And we're going, yes, we did because his PFF grade was through the freaking roof. You know, the PFF grade that everybody likes to make fun of. But anyway, um, you can see that one coming a mile away. I need to pull that clip, not to say I told you so, but just to prove that PFF, it does have a role that matters. Because last year, I I remember saying specifically when I was breaking down the wide receivers, hey, this Puka Nakua guy, keep your eye on him. And when he sank in the draft, I went to the back of the crowd, and I guess I'm an idiot. And then all of a sudden he comes out in the NFL and I go, hey, I'm back, guys. Look at that. (laughs) It's funny how that works, right? So, anyway, um, as far as corners, though, that's how I had them listed. I think you've got to go after – there's – you have a reason to go after four corners, two starters and two backups, in my opinion. That doesn't mean you're going to draft four corners. That means, from the organizational standpoint, as they're walking through all their mock drafts – guys, don't kid yourself, they're doing mock drafts right now. They're doing multiple mock drafts. If we go this position first, how can we see the board laying out? We go this position second, how do we see the board layout. They compile all that information with average draft positioning, and that's how they're gonna that's gonna help determine when and where they make their pick. And it's also setting a blueprint for trading back because guys, trades do not happen on draft day. Trades happen right now and a month before. They're gonna start calling around the teams and going, hey. If we find ourselves in a position and we want to trade back here, what would you potentially want to want for that pick if, you're, if your guy isn't there on the board? They set these blueprints up, and then when you get the draft day, they've got a list of teams of, hey, they said they would be interested in this, this, and this. So when you get on the clock, your guy isn't there, or you've got a cluster of guys later, then what you do is you call up that GM and go, hey, you know that trade we talked about? Are we still good there? And it might be, well, we got we got a guy we really like here. Can you sweeten the pot a little bit? Yeah, we'll throw in an extra fifth. All right, cool. Yeah, let's do it. That's how those trade negotiations happen.
2: Wait, and I, I hate to, you know, interrupt you and tell you that you're wrong, but that's just what happens. Is Kevin Costner will call you, and you're gonna he's gonna find out that Bo didn't go. Nobody went to Bo's party, man. And then right. we're gonna we're gonna execute three trades, all precision. It's gonna be so. Anyways, guys, just.
1: He's gonna say I want David G D Putney because I feel like it. that's what he's gonna say, right? Um, whatever his name was, I I like that movie. People make fun of it. I
2: actually really like it too. Yeah. It's a tradition it for me every year.
1: Yeah, the week of the draft, it's on loop for me. I like yeah. it. And the quirkiness of it, I kind of like that too. It's like the old video games back in the day when something would glitch out and the player would go flying thirty feet in the air. I kind of dig that stuff. Every now and again, you just need a good laugh, right? So, um, all right. With that being said, we're at the forty-four minute mark. Jacob, how much time you got before you got to go? probably got to go right now you got to go right now we're gonna do a mock draft man that sucks oh,
2: all right all right i'll hang around
1: <laughs> jacob's losing his job today here we go all right can you guys see this okay if not we'll go let me go full screen is that better all right we're yeah. using whether it is or not we're rolling. um <laughs> we're using pff actually i'll zoom in well, if i zoom in any further it's gonna be hard for me to read so we're doing pff today okay i've got the needs in front of me so we're gonna check them off as we go all right so Let's start right off the bat. No trading. We're just going to go, you know, basically we're going to treat PFFs database as if it's our draft board and it's the gospel. And we're not going to reach too far. I I would rather not reach reach as far as five five spot increments, if that makes sense. So we'll treat like if you're you know, you got the best prospect is the 36 prospect and we're going to say 36 to 40 is the top tier of talent. Anything out of that, we're reaching out of that top tier, if that makes sense. So here we go. Let's start the draft. And, it, Tim, can you write these players down as we take them? Because it does not give you a running list of who we've drafted so far, okay? If you'll do that for me. Do you have a pen there? Yes, I got you. You are the man, dude. All right, so first pick, 25th pick, we're on the board. We need, like I said, we said we need four safeties, four corners, three offensive linemen, two defense, actually, one defensive lineman now – Two linebackers potentially, uh, a tight end, a running back, and an edge. Just walk through them. The best available, according to PFF, is tackle Amarius Mims. His average draft position is that 22.8 right here. Okay. So just keep that in mind. The left column is his ranking, the one on the right is where the average spot in which he's taken. Uh, wide receiver Troy Fank, uh, Franklin, cornerback Enos Rakestraw Jr., tackle Jordan Morgan and quarterback Michael Penix Jr., defensive lineman Byron Murphy, wide receiver Ladd McConkie. So if we were to treat this like, okay, let's, let's pretend like this is our draft board. The top tier, there's only one player in the top tier right now. So we'll do it in increments of five. Okay, so he's ranked 24th, Amarius Mims. He would be in the top tier of talent. Then it goes 26, 27, 28, 29, Those would be in the next tier of talent, and that would be, like I said, Troy Franklin, Enos Raikstra, Jr., Jordan Morgan, Michael Penix, Jr. So let's go around the room here real quick. Jacob, we'll start with you. we got to go rapid fire so Jacob can be a part of this whole draft. Um, You need an offensive lineman. He's the best on the board, right? We talked about corner. That's in the next tier of talent. There's another offensive lineman down there as well. What would your pick be here, man? I think I'd have to take the tackle. Go Marius Mims. All right, cool. Let's do it. We're going to pull the trigger on it. Tim, you'll get the next pick. All right, here we go. If you'll write that down to Marius Mims. Tim, I'll cross him off the needs list here. All right, so up next, um, we're at pick 41. And now we are getting into, let's see. uh, Yeah, so the ranks are 40, 41, 43, 44. Okay, so that would be in your top tier of talent. You've got a Adanya Mitchell I think is how you say it out Texas wide receiver you got center Zach Frazier defensive lineman Chris Jenkins keep in mind on our cheat sheet he was the best defensive lineman on our cheat sheet um Walker wide receiver out of North Carolina and then Graham Barton is just outside of the current tier of talent what are you thinking here Tim as far as uh, center defensive line we need two more offensive line and we need a starting defensive lineman Um, I'm taking
0: Jenkins out of Michigan
1: I agree with it, man. Let's go with it. Let's roll. Bang. All right. So, if you'll ride him down, Chris Jenkins out of Michigan. Yep. So, we got that taken care of. All right, Jacob, you're on the clock. Pick 57, man. Pick 57. Let's roll down a list here. If we're treating it as if the current tier of talent, 56, 57, 58, and 59 are all in the current tier of talent. You've got your first tight end, J- Jatavian or Sanders. You've got defensive lineman Braden Fisk, edge defender, Uh. Adiza, Isaac, I guess how you say it, out of Penn State. Who? Yeah. Kingsley Suamata Tataya out of BYU Tackle. Those are all in the current top tier of talent. What are you thinking here?
2: I think I'd I'd want to go with the edge, but I did see a little kind of blip about how Jatavian Sanders is a pretty solid all-around tight end, and we did need a tight end, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we need we need one backup tight end. Yeah, unless you I I, I heard that you wanted I heard to the grapevine that you wanted Tyler Davis back, but I could be wrong. (laughs) Uh,
2: Tim, be the deal breaker between Sanders and Isaac. Oh, man. Um,
1: Stuff.
0: I feel I just feel a little leery taking the tight end this early. Yeah. Um, So I would lean towards. Yeah. Adiza Isaac.
1: Yeah. And if you go with the Deza Isaac, obviously he's in your current tier t- or top tier of talent, right? So it's you're not reaching at all. If this is how our board laid out, if this how Goody's board laid out, you need a backup edge defender. Keep in mind Kingsley and Abare is not going to be back till mid or late season because of the ACL. This is also a position of tier 1 importance. It's not sexy, it's not filling a lot of the needs. Here's what's crazy guys, when we're looking at top tier of talent, we have not touched corner or safety yet. This is the whole point of looking okay. at multiple platforms. So if we were to hop over here, right, and go, all right, let's look at safety. Our boys are already off the board. They went last pick, and I did that to you guys on purpose. Hey. Right. See how quick it can happen and how you have to reach a bit with your positioning? That's what I'm talking about with I can see Goody trading back early to put himself in a better position to take multiple swings mid-draft, kind of like what we did with Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft last year at tied end. right? So, again, we're going off top tier of talent as if PFF is our true board. So people that are scolding us for not taking a safety—that's the whole purpose of this exercise—is to kind of get an idea of okay, this is how PFF sees the draft. Follow that makes sense. So if I would
2: have been able to, I think I would have traded out of that first pick. To
1: me too. That's that's exactly how I feel, and people are going to hate us for it because that means you probably don't get a pick on the first night, right? But um, I you know I don't know. I just think it makes all the sense in the world. I really do especially with the success we've had in the second round too my god but uh what are we thinking here who's on the clock here is it is it you jacob it it's is good. jacob we went with isaac yep going isaac okay yep. all right so we've already got an offensive lineman right and we've got a defensive lineman actually two defensive no yeah we got a one defensive lineman all right so now we're going edge write that one down for me tim i got right. it isaac and again this is by pff's uh Draft board. All right, so now we're at pick 88. You've got uh, the current tier would be the 83rd-ranked player in Renardo Green. All right, and then you'd have to jump down a tier to 88 um, in the next tier for Jamari Thrash, a wide receiver. So, hands down, your best on the board is a cornerback here in Renardo Green, and then you would have to start reaching for another position. What are we thinking here, Tim?
0: Click draft on Renardo Green. Take
2: (laughs)
1: off. Got it. It just makes all the sense in the world with with if this was how our draft board was set up, right? So write him down for me, big dog. Got Um, it.
2: Oh, that's right. This is the –
1: I'm not liking this draft, guys.
2: I don't either. why we did it, right?
1: Yeah, this is why we do it, though, because you're looking at multiple angles. And at the end of all these exercises, we'll have these screenshotted, and then we can go, all right, which players out of multiple platforms got drafted by us using that platform's draft database – that's how I came up last year with Lucas Van Ness and uh, and Luke Musgrave. They were the two players that got drafted multiple times with how the draft boards fell. So that's kind of how you you find yourself. That, and then you compare the measurables and what are the thresholds, which we're completely ignoring right now. So, Jacob, you're on the clock, man. Um, top tier of talent, 88. Jamari Thrash, wide receiver. I think we would all say we're okay with reaching outside of that right now. Some people have Johnny Wilson, who's in at the 90 rank. Um, listed as a tight end. I know the 33rd team says he's going to play tight end at the next level. Um I don't know if they have inside information or that's just their guess or what. So the the next tier would be 90, 91, 92 and 94, right? And those players would be Johnny Wilson, guard Christian Mahogany, cornerback DJ James, which he's been mocked to the Packers several times this offseason. And then you got wide receiver uh, Malachi Corley. So when you look at needs here, Jacob with the current tier, it really comes down to Christian Mahogany and cornerback DJ James. What do you think, man?
2: Man, I would love to reunite mahogany with uh coach halfley there, but I think I gotta take a double stab at DJ James. And I also like Malachi Corley. If we needed any type of wide receiver help, that guy's kind of
1: flashy, but I gotta go DJ James. Absolutely. Outside of Jamari Thrash, you're you're not reaching outside of the current tier of uh current top tier of talent, right? And on top of that, look at his average draft position. He's been going around 73.2 on average. We're getting him at what, 91. And he's ranked 92, so I think that's good value. It fills a need, too. Let's go with him. Bang, we haven't drafted a safety yet. And I'm going to tell you this: the whole purpose, too. One of, the, one of the big reasons when you do these mock drafts, you're going to look up and go, damn, we still got a need here. That is what the front office is doing right now to determine how aggressive they want to be in free agency because they're thinking, hey, guys, out of our 10 mock draft saturation, we didn't land a safety or we only landed one safety. Let's be a little bit aggressive in free agency, right? So – that's that's how you kind of come up with those "quote unquote" needs, if you will. So, Tim, you're on the clock. Um, top tier of talent in increments of five would be Zach uh, Zach Zinter, guard out of Michigan. Then Blake Fisher, tackle out of Notre Dame. Then it jumps down to one twenty five, one twenty six, and one twenty seven, which will be defensive lineman Tyler Davis, <laughs> cornerback Cam Hart, and then Bo Lemmer, center out of Arkansas. What are you thinking here, Tim?
0: Zach Zinter.
1: Zach Zenter, best on the board. Average draft position 115.4. We're picking him at 125. His rank is 121. I'm sure that would be good value there. So, all right, there's another offensive lineman. Write him down for me. Got it. Jacob, you're on the clock at 135 here. Um, current tier of talent would be Boy. one player, Bo Limmer, at center. On Bo Braid. You going, what? Bo Braid? Bo Braid. Yep. Wow. He said, I, don't, I don't care about the ranking. Jacob said, I'm going to reach two tiers down. Two tiers down because we have crapped the bed with safety, right? So that's yep. your pick, right?
2: Yeah, we got him.
1: Oh, By you're not way, taking we- Braylon Allen?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: had a we also had a safety from Maryland on the team, too. His name is Darnell Savage. So they they do have a bit of a pipeline. I don't know how much of how much has changed since 2019 when he was drafted up there as far as coaches in Maryland and whether they they that that pipeline is still connected or not, but let's do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna respect it. Mark him down for me there, Tim. Who do we got? <laughs> Bo Braid. Oh,
0: Bo Braid. Okay. Sorry. All right.
1: All right, Tim, I'm making this pick for you. We're going with Sam Hartman here with the beautiful hair. Now, you better oh. not. Pick 203. Current tier would be Sam Hartman at quarterback, right? Um, next would be Frank Gore Jr. at 196. Ooh. Then it drops down to another running back, uh, Mayim Williams out of Ohio State. So, uh, what are you thinking here, Tim? You want me to climb down and start reaching a bit? or do you want to stay right here with Frank Gore, Jr.? Oh, man. Look at our top dudes over here, too, Tim. Just, just hitting you in the mouth, going, hey, yeah. you need a running back. You need a running back.
0: <laughs> take, uh, take Gore. Sam Hartman.
1: Yeah. All right. Take Frank uh, Gore, Jr. <laughs> all right. Write him down for me. So we got our running back there, right? Yep. This feels so foreign using PFF's draft board, because it's like I don't agree with hardly any of these picks, but – it, it makes sense where we took them if this was our draft board, right? Um, pick 217, Packers on the clock. Jacob, you're up. Think Defensive you line, miles. Up. what's that?
2: I said I think I'd go Murphy, and then we were up in two more pit or another pick. I'd probably take another shot at a running back. Uh, I don't know these two running backs, but I would try to get the opposite body
1: type of whatever one we drafted. Okay. I'm not going in here searching for pants size, so we'll just take the best <laughs> available. All right? So you said Miles Murphy here, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, Miles Murphy, bang, defensive lineman. Write them down for me, Tim. Um, so we took one extra defensive lineman than we actually needed so far, but it was best available, Tim. All right, Tim, do you agree? Go with another running back here, or do you want to go a different route? This is you right here, man. Um, um, we got. This,
0: see, this is where I'm thinking. Do we do we snag a tight end? Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Have we taken one yet? We haven't, have we? We have okay.
0: not. So okay. I could see that, or uh, yeah, because we don't really. I don't Late see now. any corner safety or anything like that.
1: Yeah, sitting in the current tier, right? I'm it's wondering cool. if.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I want to double dip on running backs. I think I, I think I take uh, Tanner, Tanner M-
1: McLaughlin. Okay, so, Tanner McLaughlin out of t- tied in out of Arizona. All right, got him. Yeah. Write him down for me. And we got our tied in, Our backup tied in has been drafted. Jacob, you're on the clock. Two forty-six. We got a top top talent available is Cotton uh, Aladipo. Yeah, safety out of Oregon State. Then you got linebacker Eugene Asante. And then you've got uh, tackle Julian Pearl at 242. What are you thinking here, Jacob? I
2: mean, I'm looking at uh, ADP for Kitan Adelapo, and we need need there. We have a big need. I think i got to run that in for the safety.
1: Yeah, top talent available for for sure. So, according to the PFF draft board there, write him down for me, Tim, if you don't care. We'll get it. Well, actually, you don't have to write it down. The whole purpose of that is – What's that? What's the grade? Did it show? Yeah, it'll show at the bottom. Oh, grade is a B plus. Hey, not too bad, not too bad. But again, we're using their information. They're going, yeah, you guys crushed that. <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything, right? Let me screenshot that real quick so we got it and we'll add it to our list. Again, I'm not. I know you guys aren't crazy about that draft either, but that's the whole purpose is to use their database, right? So, with the 25th pick, we took tackle Amarius Mims. Got an A grade for it according to PFF with the. Second round with the 41st overall pick, we'll just go off of that. Chris Jenkins, defensive lineman, got an A-minus out of Michigan there. Edge, Adiza Isaac out of Penn State, got a B-minus for that one. Um, Isn't it funny we took the best player available and they still gave us a bad grade? Funny how that works. (laughs) Um, Pick 88, we went Renardo Green, cornerback Florida State, B-grade. Then we went cornerback DJ James out of Auburn, C-plus for that one. Um, Guard Zach Zinter, uh, B minus out of Michigan. Safety Bo Braid, A minus for that one. Halfback Frank Gore Jr., A uh, there at pick 203. Pick 217, you went defensive lineman Miles Murphy, got an A for that one. Then 219, you went tight end Tanner McLaughlin, uh, got a B minus. And then for pick 246, you got safety. Hitting a lot of Poe at A minus grade there, rounds out to a plus. B. We'll save that in the database here. So, there's your rapid fire mock draft of the day. That was a lot of fun. Um, we're at the 59 minute mark coming in here at the buzzer. Jacob, you got anything else, well
2: No, that draft wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be halfway through when you stop and took a 30,000 foot look at it. It's not horrible, but uh, I definitely think that trading back out of the first would have opened up a complete different avenue that would have been a lot more. Um, I don't know, fruitful for what we need to have for our needs. Yeah. Things could be a lot worse. I could be a Bears
1: fan. What we can do tonight, we'll do another rapid fire mock draft tonight using the same database. Why don't we try to focus on more on need, but using their database and taking the best available there. So what we can do is actually sort by position. I just wanted to do at least one real true one where we go, Hey, this is the best on the, on the vertical board. Right. But again, there's your, uh, there's your draft if you want to look at it real quick. So, Tim, you got anything else buddy, before we wrap up, man?
3: Wash your hands, wash your butt, man. That's it. That's, that's all.
0: <laughs> God, I love it.
1: I can't wait till he comes back and is inducted into the Packer Hall of Fame. They need to play that during the intro, man. They need to play it during the intro. What is today's day? 210. All right, 210. Let me mark this down. And this was PFF's database. All right, cool. We got this one saved. So we'll be able to refer back to all these. So, so far, when you look at our mock drafts, there was the first one we did with uh, mock draft database. OK, um, I won't read them all off because we're up against the gun here. This that was done on February 8th. This one was done on February 9th. So you see it shifted up a little bit. Just to, the very first pick we took Jerzan Newton the first time, the second time at the 25th pick we took uh, Dominion. Robinson Edge out of Penn State. Both both of those drafts, we ended up with Tyler Newbin. One we took them in the second. And the next one we took them in the third, I think, or no, the, the second second round pick. That right there is probably my favorite one, to be honest yep. with you. I really. Where's the it? one
0: that we took Newbin and uh, uh, Kitchens? What, that one we...
1: we did that weeks ago. I don't yeah. think I have it saved because we wanted to kind of start fresh and start tracking these. But yeah, we yeah. did. We took we took both safeties. That was a fun one too, man. I was okay yeah. with that. And then today, like, like look at the difference between this this mock graph, right? I'm gonna see this one. Look at that one now. Look at the PFF one. Like right? you got Newton, Powers Johnson, and Newbin, and then Trotter Jr. <laughs> right. And this one you got, names, got Mims, Jenkins, Keith, Isaac. A lot of names we haven't talked about, right? <laughs> so that's why it's important to look at multiple platforms. At one point, at, at another point, too, we'll try to go to uh the draft network and see if we can do one. It's just they're not the dog them or anything, their system sucks, to be honest with you. But if they want to sponsor the show, their system's great. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's the way that works.
2: Anyway. Best.
1: All right, we're out of here, guys. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Sorry if we neglected the chat a bit, um, but uh, I know it's 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 hard to focus on the chat and do a mock draft and get out of here at a decent time. But we'll be back tonight for Packers Total Access Live. We'll have some more information to cover. We had we had three videos we were going to play and we didn't get to all three of them. So we'll carry them into tonight. It's just Romeo Dobbs talking about Jordan Love, Jordan Love on Romeo Dobbs, and then him having a little bit of fun on the Dan Patrick show as well. Then we'll do a, like I said, a rapid fire mock draft to end the show. So appreciate everybody hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. Also, want to give a special shout out to Mace Taggart. You're absolutely awesome, buddy. We appreciate the super chat. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back and go.